welcome back to the 49er Way podcast. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy. The 49ers are 2-0 for the second time in three years after a slugfest win over the Philadelphia Eagles over the weekend. 17-11, the Niners will now come home to take on the Green Bay Packers in their home opener on Sunday Night Football. We will preview the Packers-Niners matchup in Week 3 and we will also recap the Niners win over the Eagles. Of course, we will review the injury report, see who's in, who's out, who's headed to IR. No major injuries, but the backfield is pretty banged up. We'll talk about that as well. So keep it locked and stay tuned. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis. Happy post-victory Monday, faithful for the second week in a row as your San Francisco 49ers are 2-0 and after a win over the Eagles on Sunday, 17-11. We'll take a deep dive into that matchup and preview the home opener at Levi Stadium against the Green Bay Packers. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy. Chevy, what's going on, my guy? Niners are 2-0. and not much, buddy. I'm very excited that the Niners are 2-0. and You know, one of the last couple undefeated teams left in the league. We got our big matchup this week against the Packers. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to recap this game and look forward to the Sunday night game between the Niners and the Packers. Absolutely. I'm I'm pretty stoked for this matchup. Sunday night, back home, first time in a long time. Of course, the Niners, the last game they played at Levi Stadium was in mid, I think it was early November, actually. First week of November against these Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. And then they had to evacuate and head over to Arizona due to COVID protocol. So it's been a long time coming since they played on home turf in a regular season game. And then it's also the first time where they'll have a full house since also the Green Bay Packers were in town for the NFC Championship game back in January of 2020 but let's rewind to this past Sunday's game the Niners headed over to Philadelphia the second of a East Coast trip where I think a lot of us kind of expected a more of a high scoring game I don't think a lot of us expected it to be a low scoring affair but I got to give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia Eagles defense and what they were able to do to pretty much shut up shut us out for a decent amount of almost almost the entire first half. Yeah, I, I got to give a bit of a shout out to their defense, but more I, I'm more in question about Jimmy G. You know, he he ended up being fine and, you know, pulling out as the Jimmy G that we all know. But at the start of the game, I, w- I was really concerned watching Jimmy G. He just wasn't uh, delivering the balls where they should be delivered. He just didn't look like he was comfortable. But then as the game moved on later, Jimmy G felt more comfortable, ended up getting the touchdown and the touchdown to JJ, his first touchdown as a Niner. I just wanted to point that out because, uh, you know, I, I've talked about my love for Jawan Jennings. So I, I have to mention the, the touchdown that he had. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't the prettiest games, but it got done and uh, we're still undefeated. Yeah. And it's it's funny because that's that's probably the first take that I've heard from this game. Majority of the, of the takes that I've heard coming out of this game have been more pro Jimmy G and the fact that he was resilient in this game and he helped us get this offense going. Cause at least from what I saw, I thought the whole offense was pretty stale 
for most of that first half. I don't I don't think there was a single person that I could blame as to, oh, that's why the offense was going. Obviously, everything kind of goes in the direction of Jimmy G because he's the quarterback. But, you know, the old line was getting tested. They still they still helped Jimmy G stay upright most of the game. I think the old line has been an extremely they've done an extremely good good job throughout these first two weeks here. But the whole offense was kind of out of sync. And then it wasn't until the momentum shifted in this game late in that first half, that goal line stop late in that in late in that first half into the second quarter. That's really what changed the game because it wasn't until after that Niners get the ball in the two minute drill. They go down the field. They score the touchdown to your boy, Juwan Jennings. And then after that, in the second half, Niners get the ball back going a nine minute drive, control the ball very, very nicely, considering everybody in our backfield was hurt at some point in this game, yet they still managed to control time of possession, which they did by almost 10 minutes difference to Philadelphia, and they managed to win this game. That's that's kind of what I took away, at least from the offensive side of things. Yeah, I, I guess I, I could see that side as well. I don't think the offense as a whole was gelling. I think a bit of it is we always uh, start off with the run, and if our run's working, our entire offense is working. But, you know, the run game was not the greatest uh, this past game. Uh, and we came out of that game with a ton of injuries at the running back position, which we'll get to later. But it, it was just not great for our offense in general. I want to give a huge shout out to our defense. Probably the biggest question on our team after week one was the defense and the cornerbacks. And huge shout out to Josh Norman and Diamador Lenore for the great coverage that they had during the game. You know, it wasn't the perfect coverage, but you're asking these guys to fill in as NFL starting cornerbacks going against good wide receivers, a Heisman winner in Devonta Smith. And you know what? They did a great job. They had a lot of help from the safeties. I think the safeties played well. But there's one person who's back, my boy Nick Bosa, two sacks and a tackle for loss. He's just, you know, when Nick Bosa's there providing the pressure, the entire unit is flowing as well. You know, Fred Warner led the teams in tackle again with seven. And, and I just think the offense, the defense was really flowing and was definitely the reason why we won this game because they played exceptionally. And, and one of the big things I want to point out is the Niners have historically sucked against mobile quarterbacks, yep, quarterbacks definitely. that can run. Definitely. And playing Jalen Hurts, one of the new mobile quarterbacks in the game who is doing really well. I, I got I got a shout out Jalen Hurts, you know. Yeah, I, I was I impressed. Really loved, yeah, I was really impressed and I loved watching him play. I thought he did great, but to see the Niners defense make the necessary changes to actually stop a mobile quarterback, it makes me feel, you know, a bit more excited to see us play Kyler and to see us play Russell Wilson, guys we've struggled containing in the past and see if maybe, you know, we've learned some stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great call, and and Bosa looks great. That's a really, really oh, great yeah. sign for us because, and obviously we knew the game in Detroit. It's his first game back. It's going to take some time, but you can definitely see him getting two sacks on Sunday was a big deal. He seems to, each week, seems to be taking steps, which is a really, really big plus for this defense that needs this pass rush. And, and also, when I add in the fact of Javon Kinlaw, who did not play in the Detroit game as well, he had the block field goal in this game too. Yep. Kinlaw looked good as well. So 
all around really great defense and and rolling back to your thought on um, Lenore and Josh Norman, I thought did a terrific job all afternoon. I thought at first things got a little ugly. You could clearly see that Jalen Hurts was going after Lenore a lot and they went after him. But I thought Lenore, for the exception of maybe one big play when the Eagles were backed up in their own end zone and then the other one to Jalen Rager where he stepped out of bounds, Lenore's coverage was perfect. The only reason why he let up is because he knew Rager stepped out of bounds, which ended up being a touchdown, but then it got called back. So overall, I thought Lenore did a terrific job. And then Josh Norman seemed to settle down a little bit. He had those two PI calls early in the first half, but he he looked good. And I'm happy about that because if we can get a Josh Norman, you know, even at 70% as the closest to what he used to be, I will take that all day because we need it really badly. Yeah, I agree. I think our cornerback depth we've mentioned last episode is very, very, very sucky. And, you know, any help we can get back there in the secondary is we need and we love. Uh, I heard Emmanuel Mosley may be ready to play this week against the Packers, and that would be a huge addition to the secondary. You know, even if you're not planning to play Mosley the entire game, having an extra cornerback you can rely on, A, if there's an injury, you don't feel as terrible because you have someone who can step in. And B, you can rotate your cornerbacks so they're fresh for each drive and, and they defend well. Yeah, no no doubt. But I thought they did a great job. And I also want to shout out D'Amico Ryans because oh, yeah. after, the, after that Lions game, I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little concerned. I was a little concerned about this defense, but our secondary said, I don't know. I don't know what the season's going to hold for this defense. If we're, I mean, I just, I, I always thought we're going to be, you know, top 10. We're, we're going to be a great defense. But, you know, after how that Lions game ended, it just it did not make me have a great feeling. But after this Eagles game, I feel a lot better about it going forward. And now we're really going to see because we got Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Kyler coming up in our next three games. And those are three of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. So our defense is going to be up for the task. But, but D'Amico Ryan's defense, they did a heck of a job. I, I love it. 11 points. They held them to almost three points for a majority of the game. I thought they did a good job. And, and I think I have a little more confidence in this defense. And again, that fourth, that fourth down stop late or the, the goal line stop uh, late in that, in that first half was that was something that was a hell of a job by this defense. Yeah, yeah. The defense did amazing. The offense was a bit questionable. Now we're going to get to uh, the the best part of the week. You know, I, I looked at my phone, I think it was today or yesterday, and saw uh, the NFL's weekly awards came out. And, you know, the Niners had a player who won an award. It was Mitch Wisniewski. He was named player of the week on special teams in the NFC. Mitch had beautiful punts on He Sunday. was phenomenal. We, we even messaged back and forth saying we have to mention Wish and, and how great he was because he was able to pin the Eagles as far back as I've seen in a while. And, and having a punter of his skill, it, it was just it was nice to see it and not worry about where the opponents were going to start. In, in a slugfest game like this, you know, special teams is a really big part of that, right? And you saw Kinlaw with the block you know, field goal, that that played a big part. And Wisnowski played a big part, pinning the Eagles down in their own inside the 10 quite a few times. He was phenomenal. And it's, it's pretty great to see him get acknowledged like that by the league. And 
and Wisnowski absolutely deserves a shout out. I was going to wait until the end of, before <laughs> I went to inside the numbers to go through my standouts of the game and Wisnowski was on that list. But I mean, I mean, heck, man, the Aussie was was fantastic in that game for sure. And then so let's dive right into inside the numbers here. And there wasn't a ton of great numbers because it was a pretty sloppy game overall. And I wouldn't necessarily have had to do with like sloppy as in, you know, they didn't play good. It just had to do with the fact that this was a game where you had to win in the trenches to win it. Neither team turned the ball over. So it's not like it was messy that way. The Niners had 23 first downs. They were six for 14 on third. They had 306 total yards. They only ran the ball for 117. They didn't really get the run game going until maybe beginning second half late in the first. They had 189 passing yards. And then, like I mentioned, they didn't turn the ball over and they didn't force any any turnovers either. But the big, big thing here out of all the stats in this game, in a game like this, was time of possession. And the 49ers dominated time of possession in this game 34 minutes to 25 I thought was sensational and like I previously mentioned a few minutes ago I thought there were two big moment momentum changing plays or drives if you will that changed this game and that was the goal line stop before the half and then the nine minute drive in the third quarter I thought was an excellent job overall by this team yeah, I think the team did an excellent job. Uh, a couple of numbers I want to point out. Our number one wide receiver, Debo Samuel, six receptions for 93 yards. That's back-to-back week that Debo Samuel has been the number one receiver for the Niners. And Debo Samuel is actually the leader in receiving yards in the NFL with 282 in two weeks. So Brandon Ayuk, don't really him don't know the situation it's not great he had one catch for six yards and only two targets but he's right now out of the picture until he's fully healthy and able to get it going with Jimmy G and Debo Samuel is the number one guy and this is the Debo Samuel that we saw glimpses of in 2019 when when he was a rookie and he had the great yards after the catch uh, games and you know what he's still a yak god he, he he gets the ball and he makes opponents miss and, and he just gains those extra yards, those necessary yards. And I really hope that Debo can stay healthy and and continue to light up defenses. Uh, Debo just eats yak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That guy is something else. And I, I totally agree with that. He is, without a doubt, our number one receiver right now. And, of course, you know, the expectation coming in was him and Ayuk were going to be one and two. And that certainly hasn't been the case for whatever reason that is. If it's Ayuk's not healthy or he's in the doghouse or whatever the hell it may be, I honestly don't know. And the only way we're going to find out is how the season progresses. And I think at this point, I'm kind of just waiting. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be week eight. It could be this week. It could be next week. I don't know. But I feel like I'm just waiting for the day that Ayuk has his breakout game. And we're like, all right, he's back. But it's still really early. We're only two weeks in, so we'll see how that ends up going. But Debo Samuel, like you mentioned, was fantastic. Six for 93. Hasty got involved in the passing game. Four catches for 21 yards. Your boy, Jawan Jennings, had two for 17 and a touchdown. Kittle did a little bit. Four catches for 17 yards. There wasn't a lot of stats in this game because it was such a low-scoring affair on defense. Fred Warner led the team with seven tackles. Of course, all-pro Fred doing his thing. Jimmy Ward, six tackles. Jaquaski Tart, I thought, had a good game. I, I got to shout out Tart here. He had that one big play when Hurts went deep. Tart had phenomenal coverage. I can't remember who it might have been Devonta Smith or Jalen Rager. Fantastic coverage by Jaquaski Tart. Denied a touchdown there. And then Nicky Bosa, two sacks. 
great job there. And then rolling it back to the run game, it was a bit of a mess because everybody left the game. Elijah Mitchell, 17 carries, 42 yards, left the game with a shoulder injury. Jamichael Hasty ran for 38 yards. He left with an ankle injury. And then Trey Sermon, I mean, what the hell happened here? I mean, this was <laughs> one of the wackiest sequences oh I God. have ever seen. I mean, you know, we've been talking about Sermon all year. Fantasy owners have been talking about Sermon all year. And like, all right, tr- you know, Trey Sermon's going to get yards. It was in Shannon's offense. It's going to be great. And then obviously he was inactive week one. And we're like, what the, you know, that's weird. Why is he a healthy scratch? And then he, and then he comes in in week two. And then obviously we saw the injuries that happened to Hasty and Mitchell. And then Sermon finally gets his call. Bursts up the scene for an eight-yard grab. And you're like, damn, all right, Sermon, I see you. And the next, you know, he just gets clocked by a linebacker. And then he gets hit again. He gets one in the shoulder, one in the head. Boom, he gets clocked, loses the ball, fumbles the ball. And next thing you know, Trey Sermon is down and he has a concussion. What, I mean, what a uh, disastrous start to his career. Yeah, it was just terrible if you were a running back on the 49ers last weekend. Uh, I do want to provide a quick update on the running backs because, as you said, Trey Sermon, he has a concussion. In practice today, he was wearing the blue non-contact jersey, but he is apparently on a path to play Sunday, which is the first I heard. So I'm very happy to see because the Niners desperately need running backs because breaking news said that Elijah Mitchell, his shoulder is, is a bit more serious and it looks worse than just a little stinger. So there's a chance that he's a go on Sunday, but less likely than Sermon, apparently. And, and Jermichael Hasty was not at practice today with the ankle injury. So the, the Niners are very, very thin at running back right now. And going against a team like Green Bay without any running backs, it, it would really hurt us. So the Niners have tried to do a bit of damage control and, you know, have brought in some guys and have worked out some guys. Uh, I know they brought in uh, Jacques Patrick from uh, Cincinnati recently, claimed him off waivers, and they were working out uh, Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. Duke Johnson is probably the most interesting name I saw the Niners connected to. You know, Duke Johnson is only 27. He's not that old. He's had a good career. He he knows what to do, and, and he's more of a pass-catching option than a rushing option. And I really think that uh, he would bring a, another element to this Niners team if they do decide that he's the right fit. Obviously, it will take a couple uh, games for him to get conditioned and ready and play, but I think he could be an option uh, if the Niners running back injury turns out to be more serious than we thought. No, that's that's the same thought I had about Duke Johnson when I saw the name. I saw him and Lamar Miller pop up, and I wasn't really fond of Lamar Miller. But when I saw Duke Johnson's name pop up, I was like, this this could be nice. I'm like, I feel like he could really pop in our offense. But at this point, I don't know who's starting a running back on Sunday. I have no idea. And to be quite honest, man, I honestly don't care. Whoever is back there, a running back, I know is going to be great because – I trust Kyle Shanahan and I trust Bobby Turner and I trust Mike McDaniel. I trust them to put the running backs in this offensive line and this offense in good situations. So I'm not really worried. Now, if we're in December and we're playing meaningful games and our running backs are still not Mitchell's, you know, not healthy and Sermon's not healthy, Hasty's not healthy, then yeah, I'm 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 gonna start to be a little bit worried because that's when we need to be healthy. But right now, 
No, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, it was. It's a disaster anytime you lose that many running backs. But it, again, like we've seen in the past, it doesn't matter. You know who we have back there at running back because in this offense, if you're back there, you're gonna eat. It doesn't matter who we put back there. And honestly, I I hope Jeff Wilson. I hope that knee is healing up because we need him more than ever sooner than later. Um, but that, that's a bigger deal as well. But the other one, of course, I mean, hey, Shanahan, Lynch, I mean, hey, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're ever interested in, uh, you know, hitting up my boy, 38-year-old Frank Gore, you know, you know, just hit the line, <laughs> you know, just say the word, just say the word, hit the line, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that would be great. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not really worried about that situation, but we'll see what happens. But like you mentioned, Sermon seems to be the one heading in the best direction. I feel like Elijah Mitchell's more than likely not going to suit up this week. He'll probably, I think the best thing would be to wait a week if it's a little more serious and then see how he feels for Seattle. And then hasty looks like he's going to miss at least the next two, three weeks. So we'll see how that goes. And then last but not least on the stat sheet, Garoppolo was 22 for 30, 189 yards, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and Jimmy G with a career high 20 rushing yards. How about our mobile quarterback, Jimmy G? We did not see Trey Lance at all in this game, which I thought was somewhat interesting, but not really. And I think this is a, it was a nice confidence boost to Garoppolo from Shanahan saying, listen, like we're in a tight game right now. You're our guy. I'm not going to just because you're struggling, right? Because I'm sure in that first half, the um, I did not go on Twitter, but I swear to God, I guarantee you if I did, there would be a ton in that first half. They're saying, put Trey Lance in, put Trey Lance in, put Trey Lance in. But you just got to stay the course. And honestly, man, I know it wasn't a great game overall, but I will guarantee you one thing right now. There is no way in hell we win this game without Jimmy Garoppolo. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a couple points I want to bring up. One that I was shocked Trey Lance didn't get a couple plays. You know, there's a couple of third and ones or second and ones that I thought maybe they bring in Trey Lance and either try and roll the dice or have him use his legs to get the first down and maybe make other teams worried about Trey Lance. Although the other part of me thought maybe they're saving Trey Lance for this game against Green Bay and don't want to give up too much film against a team like Philadelphia and Detroit where they thought they could win those games. Uh, So we'll see with the use of Trey Lance if it becomes more or stays the course. One thing I want to talk about with in the terms of Jimmy G is I don't think there's ever been a season where Jimmy G has started off well. It always takes him a couple weeks to get going and congratulations, we're at the three-week mark. He now has two games under his belt, and I I really think it's going to start to trend on up because it's been the trend. In in 2018, I believe, before his injury, he was one and two, but but you started to see in that third game him really pick it up, and then he got injured, of course. But uh, I I really think that we're going to see Jimmy G pick it up as long as he stays healthy. Absolutely. And Jimmy, I mean, hey, man, those quarterback sneaks were looking really nice. I mean, he was (laughs) he was doing great in in that regard. The one thing I'll say about Jimmy when he runs is I, I, I absolutely hate when he runs because he doesn't slide and it just scares the absolute hell out of me. And I'm pretty sure. He pr- every time Jimmy Garoppolo takes the ball back and runs and doesn't slide, I'm pretty sure he every single 49er fan out there is like one second away from having a heart attack. Like I just I, Jimmy, just please, for God's sakes, man, just slide. 
just slide like it's it's not that hard just slide and then just save us all like our breath man because it it can get scary at times and that is exactly how he tore his ACL by trying to pick up 10 and out of bounds and anyways we don't want to rehash those memories but but I'm I'm just saying that's my only problem with Garoppolo when he runs I get it. You're running, you're fighting. That's great. But for God's sakes, please learn to slide. Like we need you healthy. Just learn, just learn how to slide. That's, that's my only thing about Garoppolo. Other than that, I I just think he's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll finish my Garoppolo thought here right now. And I'll say this. I, at this point, I don't, I know so many people are kind of going back to the injuries with the running backs and saying, Oh, the, the, the Niners. It's so, it's deja vu from last year. If Verrett went down, Moster went down and blah, blah, blah. And and I and I'm kind of just chilling here, and I'm like, this ain't last year. Like like this is nowhere near as bad as last year. Sure, Moster goes out, Moster goes down. Yeah, that that really sucks because you know we all love Raheem, but we can live without him. Jason Verrett goes down. Yeah, that definitely hit different. But I think that hit more different because of Jason Verrett's past, right? And we know his past, and we know how hard he's worked to get here. That's why I think that particularly hit a little different. But again you know, we can live right without him. All these injuries that the Niners are suffering right now, knock on wood, we can, we can live if that makes any sense. Last year, we had injuries to guys we could not replace. That is why we had such a poor season. And even then we still finished six and 10 and beat the Rams and the Cardinals somehow, some way. So that's all I'm going to say here. And I'm going to finish my thought by saying this. I don't really care who goes down on this team. Obviously, I want everyone as healthy as possible. That's the goal every week. And I'm happy that no one got hurt seriously this week. So that's a that's a big plus. But I'll just say this. There are two guys on this football team that this team cannot lose. And they are the most important players of this football team. And we would be screwed without these two. Fred Warner and Jimmy Garoppolo. With these, as long as these two guys are in the lineup, I'm... We're we're gonna be in every game going forward, and I truly mean that. Last year, I would have, but I think the arrival of Trey Lance, yes, losing Jimmy G would seriously hurt our season. But I do think they tried to solve that problem with bringing in Trey Lance. And Absolutely. Halfway through the season, if Jimmy G does go down with injury, I don't think. Trey Lance being in there is going to be a bad thing. I think that would actually help the team potentially. Um, I'm not sure if you touched up on these injuries, but I know that Kevin Givens has is dealing with an ankle injury uh, and he wasn't at practice today. And Eric Armstead was dealing with an abductor injury and was also not at practice today. So those are two guys to look out for. Two guys on the defensive line that really helped on Sunday that will be very important for the game against the Packers if they can stay healthy. Yeah, no, bet. The injury report was was the next thing I was going to get to there, but you just broke the whole <laughs> thing down. So that's that's cool, man. I mean, yeah, Givens, Givens and Hasty look like they're they're headed to IR. So that looks like where that's going. We talked about the running backs and where those guys are going. Armstead and Kinlaw, I'm not too worried about. It seems like a day-to-day type thing. And and Armstead, honestly, if, if you got to rest him during the week, like a day, sure, go ahead. That's fine. Like, as long as he's good on Sundays, I'm fine with that. And Mosley looks like he's hopefully ready to come back. So I think that's great as well. So, again, the injury report, not a, you know, there are some injuries there that stand out for sure. But, again, nothing too serious, which is, I just think, always a plus. But 
Um, going back to your to your Lance point before we go to the Packers game is I will say absolutely that that's the whole reason why we drafted Trey Lance for this year, right? For going forward, we know why we drafted Trey Lance. And if he came in, sure, that speeds up the process of him becoming the starter going forward, right? Having said that, just looking from when we acquired Jimmy Garoppolo to now, when he is in the lineup, we win football games. And it's not always pretty, but we win games. Like, it's just... That's just how it's been, and that's why I'm I'm saying that. Yeah, if he goes down and we got Trey Lance back there, absolutely, we got we got an amazing talent. But also remember, Trey Lance is also a huge unknown. Like we don't know that, right? Until Trey Lance comes in and he starts winning winning games, he looks good, he gets in there, then we get a feel for it, right? Like it, like here, I'll say this for example: when we traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, did any of us really know what the hell we were getting? No. No, right? That's like that's what I'm trying to say. We did it. But the reason why we were all so like excited about it is because we were dealing with Brian Hoyer for five straight games and Blaine Gabbard for two years before that. So that's why it's like a little bit different. But here, now we're all excited. Because again, here's what I'll say is we're all so excited about Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo has not been available for two of the last three years. And we've had to watch Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard for two of the last three years, right? That's why these two guys in front of us were so excited and we have so much expectation on the two. But as history and stats go to say, when Garoppolo's in there and he's healthy, we win football games. And that's why I go to say it's as long as he's in there, it's really important for us. But I know exactly what you're saying with Lance because eventually when time comes, this is going to be Lance's team anyways. So in that case, it's not going to matter, right? But that's all I was. I want to say about Jimmy because I think that at the end of the day, when guys go down, that's great. But I also, going back to last year, even with Bosa and Kittle and all those guys down, if Garoppolo just stayed healthy, I truly and firmly believe we would have been in the playoffs as a wild card team. Absolutely. The friggin' 8-8 eight eight Bears made the playoffs instead. Like, you're telling me we couldn't make it over them if Garoppolo was healthy? We could have. But anyways, it, it is what it is, and and that's kind of my tangent on that. As long as him and Warner stay healthy, I, I think we're we're good. We're, we're chilling. But of course I know it's the opposite because <laughs> I'll also mention one more thing. It's funny. When I first heard that Andy Dalton got hurt for Chicago, my, the first thing that came to mind was I'm like, dude, there is not a single Chicago bears fan in this world. That is like upset about that. <laughs> like that is, that is the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, I'm like oh, bears fans are probably like, like po- poor Andy Dalton, bro. Like th- this guy goes down and bears fans are probably like, yes, like, like, finally, like, finally, right? I feel like for some Niner fans, right, I feel like our fans yeah. are divided in the sense where a lot of us still truly do love and believe in Jimmy G. I think more than not. But then yeah. you have that, like, little group of fans that are like, I want Trey Lance and I want him now, right? So if Garoppolo ever goes down, they're like, yeah, bet. Like, Trey Lance is starting. But anyways, I just want to throw that out there. But Green Bay, Green Bay, let's uh, let's move on here yes. to sun- Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. This is a this is a big one and obviously the non-player factors in this one, the fact that the fans are back, the faithful it's really their homecoming as well as much as it is for the team itself, but the faithful's back, the red on whites are going to be showcasing for the first time. I cannot wait cuz this team's going to look damn good in those, so I can't wait for that too. Um after seeing Green Bay the other night against Detroit, now looks like they're a lot more back to normal. What are some things you're kind of looking at in, in this game? Is this is kind of the first real 
competitive game, if you will, this season for the Niners? Yeah, I think the big thing is you watch that game on Monday night, Packers versus Lions. And uh, the big thing we got to look at is Aaron Jones. You know, everyone knows about uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and, and the great combo of that. But Aaron Jones was the guy who stole the show last week. And Aaron Jones is a huge part of their offense. They didn't sign him to a three-year or four-year deal for no reason. Aaron Jones is a real deal at running back. Him and A.J. Dillon will get split some time, but Aaron Jones is the big concern out of the backfield there. But uh, as I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they've been doing it for, for so long. They're going to do it again. They, they're doing it one last season. Everyone knows about their own last dance stuff. So uh, I think they're going to exploit that, especially with uh, Diomedor, Lenore, and Josh Norman as our quarter cornerbacks. Uh, I think whichever one is on Adams is going to get a lot of pressure. And I, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm excited for that matchup, but I just hope that we can uh, keep it as even as possible with whoever is covering Devonte Adams. Maybe if it's Emmanuel Mosley and he's back. Uh, so their offense, you know, we saw week one that it can be shut down and uh, you know, the saints have a really, really good defense and, and, the Packers just didn't have it going that game. But uh, I, I really think if we want to win, we really have to deal with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Uh, their defense isn't as scary as their offense. Their defense, you know, they have big they're names. Struggling. Jair, they're struggling. They're struggling. Jair Alexander, he's a great cornerback, one of the top in the game. But uh, other than that, you know, they have Preston Smith. But it's it's nothing, nothing too scary, not, nothing that I'm looking at. And, you know, being worried about, I, I think our offense needs to redeem themselves after last game. And, you know, Sunday night against one of the top teams in the league, against one of the big names in Aaron Rodgers, this is the time to prove that our offense and our team is no joke. It's legit. And if we start 3-0 and after defeating the Packers at home on Sunday night, everyone's going to take notice of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would hope so. I think that's kind of what happened in 2019 as well. Once they beat the Steelers and went to three, you know, that's kind of really when we kind of put the league on notice. And it was, you know, every week from there on out, you know, we were referred to one of the best teams in all of football. And I hope that that that's the trend that we're on this year as well. And and no doubt, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are absolutely the two guys you got to worry about the more. Those two are are something else. And and of course, Aaron Rodgers as well. But I mean, you look at that that Packers defense, they're probably like, thank heavens Raheem Mostert is hurt in this game because they probably got some PTSD after what happened, you know, two trips ago when, when they played the Niners in the NFC title game. And they're probably happy that we have a banged up run game right now because the Packers haven't been able to stop our run game like ever. So that's something that I look <laughs> at this game because we don't know who's going to be starting a running back, right? For all I care, Kyle Juszczyk is going to run for over 100 yards in this game. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that because if it actually happens, I want to be the one to say that. <laughs> I doubt, I highly doubt that will happen, but I just wanted to put that out there anyways. But I think in this game, honestly, to your point about who's covering Devontae Adams, I kind of hope it's Demo Lenore because I want this kid to continue to grow because I've really, really liked what I've seen so far from him. And to go up against one of the best wide receivers in all of football and Devontae Adams, I think would be just an incredible opportunity for him 
And Emmanuel Mosley, I think if he does play, he's not going to be his normal self, knowing that he hasn't played at all this season. He's been injured. He's been banged up. So not really sure what to expect about him going into this game. But I would love to see Lenore on Adams. I think it would be an incredible test for him. But looking at this game as a whole, it's weird. Every time the 49ers play the Packers, it's the same thing. I'm like, this is going to be a great game. It's going to be down to the wire. And, you know, I'm expecting a lot. But the last two times where the healthy, a healthy Green Bay team and a healthy 49ers team have played each other, the Niners have absolutely demolished the Green Bay Packers. The first score was 37 to 8 in week 12 in 2019. And then the second was the NFC title game 37 to 20. The last time they faced was last year on Thursday Night Football in week nine at Levi Stadium. However, Hardly anybody. It was like, I think Kyle Shannon probably had to ask some high school players to come and sub in for us in that game. Nick Mullins started that game. River Craycraft, I'm pretty sure, was our wide receiver one in that game. Richie James was our wide receiver two in that game. I think he had like 189 yards. I don't Wasn't even that rem- the COVID game as well? Like, didn't we yes, have COVID yep. scares? So half yep. our team was out with injuries and the other half was and COVID. out with COVID? <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah, it was an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. It was... Yeah, Ayuk was on the COVID list. Trent Williams missed that game. Debo was hurt that game. Jimmy was out. Kittle was out. Our defense, surprisingly, was majority healthy, which was the the weird part, but they still got cooked, and our offense was just atrocious. It was literally our whole practice squad started that game. And sure, the Packers are going to kill us because you're facing a bunch of varsity guys. So I, I don't think that game counts. And then the game previously to 2019 2018 Niners went to Lambeau on Monday night and that was a great game CJ Beathard played great in that game but again that that 2018 that 2018 team was nowhere near as good as the team in 2019 this 2021 team is more like the team in 2019 than it was in 2018 so I really want to see how does Green Bay come out in this game? I know how we're going to come out in this. I mean, actually, I don't know how we're going to come out. We can come out and not look that. We can come out and not look that great. Wait, we're going to come out running. Like, let's be real. That that's what the Niners have always done. Against we're going to come Packers. out running with who? Who? Uh, it doesn't who, matter. Who are we? Matter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it could be. I mean, we could do some jet sweeps with Debo or something. I'd, who the hell knows? Shanahan's got a plan, man. He's always got a plan. So we got Shanahan, you know, the man with the plan, like. That's what he does, but I'm I'm more I'm more than than confident that he'll have a plan ready for this game, and and he has cooked Matt Lafleur the last few times that he's had all his guys available to him, and same against Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Out of those three guys, those three have been the top three better young coaches in the league right over the past few years, and Shanahan has gotten the better of Lafleur and McVay over the past few matchups. So. I'm really excited to see what Green Bay has for this game. Are they actually going to make this a game, or is our defense just going to have our are just going to have our way in this game and get to Rodgers because their O line is a little bit different than what we're normally used to. And Bosa's back, and if Kinlaw's in this game, it can. I don't know, man. It, it this game could go a lot of different ways. I hope it's a it's a better game. It's more entertaining, and I mean, as we've seen. Almost every single primetime game so far, whether it's Thursday, Monday, or Sunday, has been. A down to the wire game, so I don't see why this game could be any different. But I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Sunday night, got the red throwbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, finally, you know, two healthy squads going at it, and I, I, I cannot wait for this matchup. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. I'm really excited for the game. It's uh, one of the games I was looking forward to when the schedule first came out. No doubt. Sunday night football and Niners Packers. And, you know, I got a couple of Packers fans that I that I hopefully can chirp during Sunday night as long as we're doing well. So uh, I'm very excited for the game. Absolutely. No doubt. But that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away podcast. Chevy, got a prediction? Anyone you think is going to go off in this game? Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 35 to 28 score prediction, and uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna keep on going on the Debo train. You know, it, it if it ain't broke, why fix? Facts and Debo ate ate up the Packers the last time that he was healthy and played not the championship game, but the game before that. I think Debo was a great game. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my to my pre- earlier prediction, but not not a hundred yards. But I'm gonna say Kyle Yushek has a touchdown. And he gets involved for maybe about, let's say, 60 total yards. He has a few catches, has a few runs. I think Juice has a nice game on offense. Because let, let's be real, like, if there's any game that we need him uh, like a, to be involved a little more in the offense, it's got to be this one. With our, our, our running backs are all kind of dinged up, right? We need an extra guy in our receiving game as well because Ayuk's been, you know, in and out and whatever. We, Kittle still hasn't really gotten going yet. I, th- I hope this is the game for, for Kyle Juszczyk to kind of get involved and get going, but I, I think this is going to be a great game. I'll take the Niners 27-24 in this one, and I cannot wait to see this crowd and this environment is going to be super, super dope. It's going to be a great night, and hopefully we'll see what happens next week when we recap the Packers game and then preview. The Niners got two massive divisional games after this. It does not get any easier from here. Seattle and then Arizona, who both look very, very good. So we will preview those matchups next week while we're at it. So that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy, and we will see y'all next week. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.